Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Yankees postponed over COVID. No, this is not an old episode. As if we needed another reason to love or hate Tom Brady. Plus, how do the Suns get back on track? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Yankees and the Red Sox were supposed to kick off the second half of the 2021 MLB season, and then half a dozen Yankees wound up in COVID protocols, multiple positive tests, multiple other players in protocols as part of contact tracing. And we don't really know all of the details right now about the situations. But what we do know, according to Yankees general manager Brian Cashman, is at least some of these players were, in fact, vaccinated. Trying to get to the bottom of all of this, we bring in now host of Locked on Yankees, Stacey Gatsoulias. And Stacey, where are we with, with all of Because the, the information is swirling. So just get us up to date on what we know at this point. What we know at this point is Jonathan Lewisaga was the first one, and he was put on the COVID list in Houston, couldn't play in the game on Sunday, and he had been quarantined in Houston. Earlier today, we found out that Wandy Peralta and Nestor Cortez Jr. were also put on the COVID list. And at that point, you're thinking, hmm, okay. Then it came out (laughs) that there were three more players who were being tested, and I believe it was a rapid test, and it came out where they had to be in protocol, and it was Gio Urshela, Aaron Judge, and Kyle Higashioka. Now, for Urshela and Higashioka, it's not that big a deal. For Aaron Judge, it's a big deal because he was at the All-Star game earlier this week and around a lot of people. So it's kind of scary. But the thing is, the Yankees were one of those teams that were at the 85% threshold. I believe Peralta, Cortez and Luizaga were all vaccinated. Two of them had the Johnson and Johnson shot, which is what the rest of the team had. And one of them had either the Moderna or the Pfizer. So we don't know out of Judge Urshela and Higashioka who's not vaccinated because that hasn't come out, but it has come out that a couple of them aren't. So yeah, it's there's there's still some mystery there and I'm sure a lot of stuff will come out. And this is a good reminder, right? Not just to baseball, but to everyone that just because a certain group of people have the shot that there's there's not still risk. We, we know that that is in fact the case, that there is still risk out there. And, and this seems like something baseball is just going to have to manage that even once these teams get to 80, 85% vaccination rate, that they could still run this risk so long as not just Major League Baseball, but everyone is not fully vaccinated. This is just the world we're living in right now. And it seems like we're, we're just going to have to live with, no pun intended, hmm. all of these extended consequences. Right. And it's, you know, it's it's so odd because, as I said, they were one of the teams that actually made it above the 30, uh, 35, 85% threshold. The stadium was a vaccination site. The Yankees have been really good about putting out the message that you need to get vaccinated. and The thing is, most of them are asymptomatic from what they were saying. A couple of them are symptomatic, which means Mm -hmm. those couple of them probably didn't get the vaccine (laughs) and they're probably not part of the 85 percent because that's what the vaccine does. It prevents you from, for the most part, being hospitalized and possibly dying from it. It'll give you a lesser version of it. So you're not one of those people who has to be on a ventilator and, you know, could possibly pass away. So 
it doesn't prevent it, but at least it stops it from being the really bad version of COVID. But, you know, still, even if you get it, you don't know what what it's going to be like months later. You know, there's that long COVID that people have been feeling for a mm-hmm. year after they got it. So and especially in a professional athlete, this it's it's all just really scary and so fluid. And who knows about Friday's game and who knows if the whole weekend might be shut down. Locked on today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey, your new home for music, news, sports and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up as if we need it. Another reason to love or hate Tom Brady. That's next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. A judge ordered free agent cornerback Richard Sherman be released from jail without bail Thursday following his arrest on suspicion of trying to break into his in-laws home in Northeast Seattle. The Kings County District Court found probable cause that Sherman committed four offenses, misdemeanor and gross misdemeanor charges of criminal trespass in the second degree, malicious mischief in the third degree, both carrying domestic violence designations and misdemeanor charges of resisting arrest and driving under the influence. After the hearing, Sherman's wife Ashley said, quote, I love and support my husband. I am committed to helping Richard get the support and care that he needs. Richard has always been a loving father and husband, and we are looking forward to seeing him at home with his family. Team USA is fighting a challenging scenario with COVID-19 as it tries to prepare for the Tokyo Olympics. The Americans lost a player Thursday and put another in the health and safety protocols. They have also canceled their game against Australia. Bradley Beal, who was placed in the protocol Wednesday, was ruled out of the Olympics on Thursday. Jeremy Grant was also placed into the protocol out of caution. The coach Greg Popovich expressed optimism that the forward would be able to remain with the team. The Atlanta Braves acquired outfielder Jock Peterson from the Chicago Cubs from minor league first baseman Bryce Ball. The team announced on Thursday, young Jock in Atlanta. Peterson, no, not so young, 29, had 11 home runs and a 718 OPS in 73 games for the Cubs after signing a one-year, $4.5 million deal that included a $10 million mutual option and a $2.5 million buyout. The deal comes just days after Brave star Ronald Acuna Jr. tore the ACL in his right knee. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for this month on betonline.ag. The NBA draft is coming up rapidly. And the number one pick might be a lock, but you can still bet on it. The betonline.ag line for the first pick is Kate Cunningham, a minus 2,500 favorite, plus Evan Mobley at plus 1,000. 10 to 1. Jalen Green at 10 to 1. Jalen Suggs, it is a parade of Jalen's, at 14 to 1. And Jonathan Kaminga at 20 to 1. For all your NBA Finals, MLB Olympics, and golf lines, betonline.ag has you covered. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. As if you needed another reason to either love or hate Tom Brady during his seventh Super Bowl. That's not a typo. His seventh Super Bowl title. It turns out he had a torn MCL. We knew he had an injury. We did not know it was this. Joining me now 
from Locked On Buccaneers, James Yarcho. And James, does it get tiring? <laughs> no. No, not at all. Uh, it did when he played for the Patriots, but when he's winning when he's winning games and winning Super Bowls for the team that you cover and the team that you follow, it's it's a phenomenal thing. And the legend just continues to grow. That's really all you can say about it, right? This is a 43-year-old coming in to a new team, a new system after two decades during a pandemic with no true offseason, no preseason games, and wins the last four regular season games of the season, wins four straight playoff games, three of which are on the road, and he did it all on a torn MCL at 43 years old. It's insane. At a certain point, it's just sort of like, yeah, come on, guy, we get it. Like, do we have to keep like, <sighs> but I think what is really remarkable about this is his greatness. It is so unrelenting that even the biggest haters, and I have to admit, I am a Tom Brady hater. I just have to sit back and appreciate just like, this is unbelievable. Like, it's not Philip Rivers playing in the AFC Championship game with a torn ACL, uh, but it's it's close and and maybe it is comparable considering Tom Brady was in his forties. Let's just push this forward for a second, though. So he's coming off an injury. We've seen we saw him playing in the match. It's not like we think he's going to be you know long term affected by this, but. He got off to the slow start. He is getting up there in age. He had this serious injury. Is there any concern on your end of like, hey, yeah, this this could be the year. Like we thought it could be last year. We thought it could be the year before. But no, actually, this could be the year he finally falls off. No, I don't think so. And <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Until Glad we had this talk. <laughs> and until it happens, all he's done is shown right. that he's not going to fall off. And it's. It's the fact that, you know, this is an injury that he sustained in New England. He played the whole year on this torn MCL. So you would have to, it, it's it's kind of hard to believe, but at the same time, you really don't have any choice but to believe he can actually be better this year than he was last year when he was setting franchise records for touchdown passes it's mystifying it is and hats off to him you know he's he's doing things that we've never seen before and and i i understand you know there's the people that are the the tom brady haters you just admitted it's your one but at the same time i'm sure you can respect how great of a player he is like for example i'm a full-fledged Derek jeter hater but that's because he was always so good and he played for the yankees and it drove me insane so you can you can easily make the argument that the fall off won't be this year because now he's fully healthy. How do the Suns get back on track? Our Q of the day is next. One more break to talk to you about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I got another message from someone today. Hey, I finally took your advice and I got the Built Bars. These things are amazing. And you might not believe me. If you've heard these reads before, you're probably saying, no, people don't actually say that. Well, guess who knows I'm telling the truth about that? All of the people who have tried them and loved them, and that is basically everyone. All their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are delicious. They're easy on your stomach. I had someone point that out to me the other day. Some protein bars can make you feel like you just ate a brick. 
Built Bar is not like that, but they are high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, and low in sugar. And the best part, they taste amazing. They taste so good. The best tasting protein bar ever. Right now, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the day. We have a series in the NBA Finals. After a 2-0 lead by the Phoenix Suns, all the questions were about Milwaukee. What are the Bucks going to do to counter this incredible offensive group for the Phoenix Suns? Now we have a 2-2 series tie, and we are headed back to Phoenix. Joining me now from Locked On Suns, Brendan Clean. And Brendan, this was not the platonic ideal of a basketball game from Chris Paul. Uh, the, the Suns got great performance from uh, Devin Booker. As we head toward game five now, how do they get Chris Paul back on track, DeAndre Ayton, guys who were essential in building that 2-0 series lead? It sounds simple, but I think a lot of people might underestimate the Suns' blueprint to this point still. Um, I think the reality is, though, they just need to play the way that they always have, and I think that they've gotten away from that a little bit. Devin Booker, even with that huge night, it was a lot of jumpers. It was a lot of tough shot making. It wasn't easy by any means. Chris Paul had a, a, an obviously difficult night. So if they can get more to that pick and roll, that spread pick and roll, playing with pace, playing with tempo, moving the ball, cutting, all those things that a great Suns win tends to look like, I do think we'll see them score closer to the 118 they had in game two than the 103 they had in game four. The other part of this is the Bucks defense. And we, we've seen them amp up the intensity, especially after uh, games one and game two, they overhelped in, in game two, a lot of mid-range jumpers in game one that went in. And part of this is the Suns just stopped making them to a certain degree. Chris Paul, especially in game four, couldn't couldn't make shots. So f- from the from the Phoenix perspective, you could just chalk some of this up to, to variance. Chris Paul is not going to shoot a- as poorly as he did in game four, in game fives and six. And if, if we need to get there, seven, right? The missed shots is, is an obviously big part of it. I think, though, I, the corner three numbers, I believe it was nearly 20 in that game, too, that the Suns were able to create. And I believe it's 11 or so over the combined three and four in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So they're missing shots. But I also think that a big part of this is not creating the shots that they're best at creating. Some of it's those mid-range looks with space that Giannis was able to take away by being a better drop defender than Brooke Lopez is, frankly. And some of it is, I think, the Suns not seeking that out. Um, and so that, that to me, is a, another ingredient of playing their style in Game 5. Chris Middleton was able to get pretty much whatever he wanted. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't make a high volume of shots. It's not like he shot 60% by any means. But we saw that, that pick and roll in Game 3 create a lot of opportunities for Giannis in Game 2 as well. What is the plan for the Suns? to get those kinds of stops, even in an offense for Milwaukee that has not been great over the course of this finals. Well, I think you're right to look at it in a more specific way, because I think people could look at the past couple of games and say, oh, the Bucks' offensive problems are solved. But I believe their offensive rating in the half court in game four was 90, which 
maybe people at home don't necessarily keep track. That's awful. Um, and so it's just those key moments, those clutch moments. I think maybe a little bit of Jay Crowder on Chris Middleton, playing him with some physicality, just little adjustments here and there. I think he's just gotten comfortable and you need to, to fight that. Um, Giannis was not the 40-point guy that he had been in game four. So that's trending in the right direction, but he's become more of a playmaker, eight assists in game four. So the Bucks are adjusting well. I think the Suns have the answers to solve it. I just think they might come out in game five with some wrinkles that they didn't have the time to figure out uh, in Milwaukee. And finally, Bryson DeChambeau had a rough first round Thursday at the Open Championship, finishing with a one over 71, seven strokes behind the leader, Louis Oosthuizen. DeChambeau spoke with the media after the round and had a rant about his driver, which is made by Cobra, saying, this driver sucks. It's like an eight-year-old that gets mad at you, Cobra's tour operation manager, Ben Shulman, responded to Bryson's comments. He has never really been happy, ever. Like, it's very rare where he's happy. Now he's in a place where he's swinging a five-degree driver with 200-mile-per-hour ball speed. Everybody is looking for a magic bullet. Well, the magic bullet becomes harder and harder to find the faster you swing and the lower the loft gets. Bryson later apologized for his part in all this, though it is something that every golfer can associate with. Oh, it's the equipment's fault. It couldn't possibly be my fault. My swing is fine. It's the equipment. I need a new driver. I need a new driver. Everyone who has ever played golf has been like, you know what I need? A new driver. I need a new driver. It's the technology. I got to get the new tech, and that will cure all of my problems. And it turns out it probably won't. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up Monday, who will take control? of the NBA Finals over the weekend. We have the fallout on the latest, so at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.